Welcome to Prime of Our Lives, a podcast about navigating pop culture and the Korean wave in our 30s. I'm Katie Logan. And I'm Polly Kwok. Hi, Polly. How are you? I'm not bad. It's sunny today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I am cozy by the fire, so I'm good. Are you still roasting chestnuts? No, I haven't in a while. Although I do think I still have chestnuts. Oh, that was such like a quintessential thing when you sent me a picture and I was like, haha, are you also roasting chestnuts? And you're like, yep. (laughs) I was like, what? I was just joking. (laughs) Yep. Mickey loves Um, chestnuts, so. Does he? Mm. Do you just roast them and eat them straight out? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I like chestnuts too, but I really like them in pastry. Mm, like yeah. a Mont Blanc is so good. Yeah. Ugh. Well, you're just going to have to make me some when we come visit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a winter treat. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of treats in the winter, I know you've joined me on my uncanny counter adventure. Oh my God. I am... Never doubting one of your recommendations ever again. You finished it in a remarkable amount of time. (laughs) Well, I am unemployed. (laughs) Like, I was like, what, you're done? Yeah, I smashed it. Yeah, it was definitely bingeable and it had so many sweet moments. So good. I loved it. Yeah, I love how the women in it are so kick-ass yeah and there's the romance in it is I mean not a huge thing but like is like believable and nice but not overwhelming yeah I I, I just I really loved it so for anyone who is scrolling through your Netflix and being like oh I think I finished Netflix which I'm sorry you definitely haven't (laughs) open your mind to the world of Korean television yeah. And actually foreign television altogether. Yep. And there's this whole other side of Netflix you clearly did not know existed. And you will never reach the end. You will never. I am never reaching the <laughs> end. I keep adding things to the list. There's something new on my prompts every like so week or something like that. But definitely add Uncanny Counter to your list. It's a, I guess it's a... Is it sci- is sci-fi fantasy? Yeah, I think I would call it fantasy. Yeah, so a fantasy series about four people who catch demons and their friendship. Oh, it's so great. I will say it got a little bit darker than I expected, like halfway through. Yeah, it definitely shifted gears. Yeah. For sure. And I do like, as with all Korean shows... They really develop the backstory for each character. Yeah. Or each of the main characters. And because the show was so successful, they're filming a second season. Oh, I love that. Which they didn't plan to do. And the girl in it, I mean, watch after watching this, I definitely want to perm my hair and get a red jumpsuit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I want to be them for Halloween. Yes. I think that would be a really easy costume to yeah, pull off. Yeah, just a red tracksuit, curl your hair, and a white stick. But would anyone know? No, I don't care. Then you can recommend to everyone that they watch it. 
<laughs> yeah, you don't want to dress up as Yoon Seri from Crash Landing. I feel like that one would be harder to achieve. <laughs> I would just need a pair of like sick, gentle monster sunglasses. Yeah, exactly. And then you could just pull off every super hardcore female lead character in all the K dramas with that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of super hardcore women, what are we talking about today, Katie? So today we're talking about something that has been the hot button issue for the last week or so, and that is Britney Spears. The one and only. Can you what's your favorite Britney song? Oh gosh. Do you um, have a favorite Britney song or one of your favorites? I have always really liked Lucky. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Lucky. I really like Sometime. Mm. Oh, that's a good and, one. And yeah, Sometimes I mean, I all of her songs are good karaoke songs. Yeah. She has a very Although, like feasible range. Yeah, exactly. Achievable. Yeah. I think I like her older stuff definitely more than her newer stuff. Yeah. For example, I mean, we'll get into like why we're talking about Britney Spears, but around the time of her crisis was the Piece of Me album. Mm. And people say that's a really, really good album, but I feel like I only know Piece of Me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. She changed her style a bit musically, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably, yeah, when I, I don't know. I think she's just a household name, isn't she? Yeah. It's just like hit factory. Exactly. So, Katie, we're not talking about our favorite songs of Britney today. Why mm. are we talking about her? So, the topic of conversation has been um, the new New York Times documentary called Framing Britney Spears. And this is about the battle of Britney Spears fans to free her from her conservatorship. And Katie... For all of our listeners, what is a conservatorship? So, a conservatorship is a court structure put in place to protect a very vulnerable person from, you know, either like financially, who's someone who's at risk of losing all their money or misspending their money, or someone who needs help taking care of themselves and making personal decisions. So a typical, I think, conservatorship case is someone with very advanced dementia who needs help um, making financial and personal decisions. I see. And we both know Brittany does not have dementia. True. Supposedly, yeah. there's like these medical documents that the court has seen that no one else has seen that like assure the court that she needs to be in this situation i think you know she's like her media appearance has changed over the years mm -hmm. and i think you know with this whole free britney movement you were saying that there's a podcast where they talk about britney's instagram yeah because she does some odd things on it doesn't she yeah so the one of the key factors in this free Britney movement or key players is this podcast called Britney's Graham and it is I think it started kind of as a joke um just two friends over analyzing Britney Spears's Instagram right and then 
they started kind of seeing these like odd messages, a lot of stuff about like freedom and she would post like a picture of a doorway and be like, oh, I wish I were here or something, you know, just kind of like mysterious messages that they took to be kind of cries for help on her Instagram. Interesting. Do you know if her Instagram's still like that now? So I think she hasn't been posting a lot. Okay. I'm just checking right now. Because she was posting during quarantine, wasn't she? Like doing yeah. these dance videos and stuff. She, low. Well, she posted five days ago. And it's just very like silly videos, lots of emojis. Oh, she, yeah, she posted in response. That's right. I read about this. She posted in response to the documentary. Um, what did she say? She said she posted a performance of Toxic. And then she said, can't believe this performance of Toxic is from three years ago. I'll always love being on stage, but I'm taking the time to learn and be a normal person. I love simply enjoying the basics of everyday life. Five exclamation points. Each person has their story and their take on other people's stories. We all have so many different, bright, beautiful lives. Lots of flower emojis. Remember, no matter what we think we know about a person's life, it is nothing compared to the actual person living behind the lens. Five exclamation points. <laughs> Lots of exclamation points. Yeah. For something that if you had read without emojis and exclamation points, sounds very serious. Yeah, and interesting that the song is toxic. I mean, you are the queen of Easter eggs, Katie. Could so, this be saying there are toxic people involved in this situation? Maybe, maybe. I wouldn't rule that out, given her story. The other thing is, Katie, you sent me to this podcast. and I listened to all three episodes and I found it really... So I listened to it while I was cleaning the house, mm. which I find is the only time I can really focus on whatever I'm listening to. And it was really, really interesting, her whole life story. Yeah. So the New York Times documentary went into it a little bit, but I actually thought this podcast did a much better job at providing the background on her life that you need to really fully appreciate where she's at now. Um, <laughs> that podcast is called Even the Rich. And there's a, like you said, a three-part miniseries on the Free Britney movement. It's really good. I think actually the background is the most useful to help you understand why it's incredibly odd and concerning that her dad is her conservator. Yeah, because they've always had an estranged relationship. Her parents are divorced, although it took a while for the divorce to happen. He was an alcoholic. Um, he didn't really support the family and lost lots of money to his business ventures. Mm -hmm. And obviously was not a good role model and father figure for her. And I think overall through her story, you know, not to become a psychiatrist and analyze people's kind of family structures and such, but this is a classic case of father not being a good father. And therefore she also captured by her life story has rocky relationships with men in her life. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, he has not made good financial decisions in the past. And I don't know if they really went into this on the podcast, but they did in the in the New York Times documentary that he has always been obsessed with the financial aspects of her career. And he was never really present as like a supportive family member. And 
whenever he was present, he would just have questions about the money. And so, yeah, yeah, it is odd and concerning that now he is the one who's in charge of her money. And has been for so long. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like a year. It's been like a decade. Yeah. Which is crazy. Because I didn't know that. I thought it was fairly recent. But it's been since how long? 2008. I mean, so, overall, her story feels very sad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super sad. I mean, I don't know how anyone who I grew up with Britney Spears or, like, really followed what was happening in 2007. I don't know, like, anyone my age who really took pleasure in that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. the people who were taking pleasure in her downfall were older than us. Like, I feel like... For us, I mean, there would, the meme that I always associate with this is like, if Britney can survive 2007, you can survive anything. And from what I heard, like, that was a terrible year for her. Yeah. You're right. I think the only people who enjoyed that narrative was the media Mm. and the paparazzi. I mean, the fact that she ended up dating one of the paparazzi people because she got to know him so well from them chasing her sounds really bizarre yeah oh and and in the new york times documentary they said like at this time in her life she was just so desperate for a friend that she would like be trying to befriend anyone including like you said the paparazzi who were literally harassing her and that is just so sad um so sad it really reminds me i feel like we've talked about this multiple times but like I don't know, maybe when you're growing up or, like, without thinking about it too closely, you think, like, life as a famous, rich person must be so great. Or, like, wouldn't it be nice to be a celebrity? But I think if you really, like, dig deeper or follow some of them, I mean, we've talked about this with some BTS members, that it's, like, no amount of success or money can really make you happy. Like, at the end of the day, most people are looking for, like, friends and support and like connection like genuine connection yeah and once you get that rich and famous you can't trust anyone yeah because everyone's after your money and I think usually people who stick around are people who you've known for a really long time yeah because you know like they knew you before you were big not to say they still won't be after your money but at least there's some rapport there yeah and how, how does, how does to be honest, I think not even just her, like how does people in their middle age now just make friends? How do we make friends, Polly? It's hard. Well, when you find out that you both like the same Korean pop band. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's, I think, why the fandom is so famous and yeah. popular is because nowadays everyone just wants to make friends with people and they're just trying to navigate how yeah. and as if you're a super famous celebrity how 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 do you do that yeah with the added complication of people actually trying to scam you all the time yeah exactly i mean in theory that's why i guess famous people are friends with other famous people yeah because they understand but in a way, you're just commiserating, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is is interesting. The more we talk about famous people, the more we're like, 
actually, maybe we've got it better than they do. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> it seems like it sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to be chased down by like 70 paparazzi people mm -mm. when you come out of your house. Like, talk about lack of freedom. And I think sometimes with her Britney Spears story, I empathize in that if anyone normal, like just an average person was put in that position, unless you're like super, super, super resilient for some reason, you would probably react more or less the same way. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what mental health condition she may or may not have, right. but being hounded all the time and like having your name you know, be slandered all the time does not bode well for anybody. No. I mean, spe speaking of people slandering, um, Justin Timberlake was one of those people, wasn't he? Yeah. So this has been, I think, the main buzz around this documentary has been people calling out Justin Timberlake for the way he treated Britney. So, I mean, I... I have to say, I, I don't know if that's really, if that should be the main, I know, I do know. It seemed I, really random. I feel like I was... that should not be the main takeaway from this documentary. <laughs> yeah, it definitely shouldn't be. Like, it has nothing real, like, Justin, yes, was part of her life story, but for, like, what, a fairly small amount of it. Yeah. And yeah. it almost feels a bit like, I don't, I didn't read the apology. I know Janet Jackson was also part of it, but it's like now like why now yeah I mean I feel like he has made an apology to Janet Jackson before okay um and I feel like he and Britney Spears I feel like they have met up before and there was mm. like kind of like a reconciliation or whatever I mean it's kind of, he was kind of like a crappy high school boyfriend like yeah it was a crappy thing to happen to her um and he you know, took revenge in a really public way by basically writing a song about their relationship and doing a music video where he cast an actress who looked like her to try to say that she cheated on him. And, I mean, going on a national radio show and saying you slept with her, um, not cool. Like, but in a lot of ways, it's kind of like he was super young and he was also swept up in this world of celebrity that was like weird and probably taking advantage of him in ways too and like I just feel like it's good that he apologized and I think his apology seemed really um thoughtful and I hope he takes steps to right whatever wrongs he feels like he needs to um but I think we as a pop culture consuming public shouldn't get distracted um, by blaming Justin Timberlake um, for all of this when I really think we need to look at our own consumption of media and the media culture and the way we all treated Britney Spears or the way we all consumed media about Britney Spears, maybe. Yeah, Justin Timberlake and Britney's relationship doesn't sound any different than someone we would know's relationship. It was just that they were both famous and everything they did was, you know, magnified. Yeah. I think there is a bigger issue. I mean, even just hearing the full kind of Britney backstory, Justin had played a very, very small part, really. Yeah. 
Um, it's just that he he happened to be one of the more famous people that she was in a relationship with. Yeah. And they wore double denim at a red carpet one time. <laughs> they sure so did. very significant memory. But this totally distracts from the fact that the conservatorship is weird. Mm-hmm. And that Britney doesn't seem free yet. But I think overall in her story, it literally sounds like a series of unfortunate events. Yeah. Like nothing ever seems to go right for her. And even if it does, it's only there for a very small amount of time. But then you could argue in most people's life, that's not obviously to the same extent as Britney Spears and the types of things she goes through, but that's actually very similar to everyone else's life. Like, yes, we might not all be hounded by celebrities, but then we also might not be, you know, flying private jets. Yeah. So in a way, yeah, it is a series of unfortunate events. But I think what is the true story, I think, is that she's super, super resilient in a way. Mm. And she, like, for someone who didn't have that much support and continues to not have very much support, she seems very driven from what I've heard in these podcasts to continue to fight for her freedom and, you know, taking her life back. Yeah. To even go so far as apparently now she's saying she is refusing to perform ever again until her father is no longer her conservator. Which I think is the right move. And it takes a level of confidence for her to be doing that because she wasn't doing that at the beginning of um, her conservatorship was she? She was still performing. And yeah. Such. It just. I think it the, just seems so weird. Yeah. I can't get over how weird it is. It's so weird. And you said it takes a level of confidence for her to be able to say that. But in addition to that, it takes a level of competence to be able to say that. And if she is able to say something like, "I will refuse to perform until my father is no longer my conservator." let alone be able to headline a Vegas residency for years, go on world tours, be a judge on The Voice, like, no, not The Voice, like one of those other shows. Um, But if if she's able to do all of those things, why is she so incompetent that she needs someone to make her personal and financial decisions for her? Yeah, maybe reading her comment to the documentary maybe there is a missing piece of the puzzle that we're not aware of. Mm. Because on the surface, based on what we've been saying, what we hear and all these, you know, podcasts and documentaries suggest, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right? If there was some kind of, like, circumstance we don't know about, like, if she actually has a debilitating condition, Mm Mm-hmm we don't know about then maybe in that context it could make sense but as it sits now i don't know the american justice system it just doesn't sound like legit at all it really doesn't and like even if you look at what was what she was going through in 2007 and you say you know it could be a manic episode you know um she could maybe i don't want to armchair diagnose people but like even if she had something like bipolar disorder and in 2007 she was she was having like a a manic episode and she had to be hospitalized 
so they could figure out the right medication for her. You know, having bipolar disorder doesn't mean you can't live a life. Like, Kanye West has been having a public manic episode for the last two years, and he's, like, living his life independently. Yeah, exactly. So I don't... Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just... It's just weird to be a bi- like a observer to this really bizarre thing that's happening to her. Yeah. Um, and I'd feel I feel really bad for her kids as well. Like, how weird is that? I hope you know they didn't go into this in the New York Times documentary, but they went into it in the podcast. Um, and at the time of their marriage, Kevin Federline did not seem like a very nice person. No. Um, he he looked a bit like a sly fox in a cartoon. Yeah, he does have that kind you know? of face, facial features. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope he seems to not be pursuing like a career as a rapper or whatever now. So I hope he is a good, stable father figure for those boys. Yeah. I really hope so. Watch the space. I'm sure the free Britney movement will continue because this is only the beginning Mm because she's not free yet. And I think you're right. You know, so many celebrities, other celebrities have mental health conditions and do not need a conservator. Mm. And, you know, even you and I, if we had our dads being our conservators, that would also still be like, that would be weird too. Yeah. That would not let, be great. <laughs> let alone, you know, your estranged father who's, who was only ever interested in money. Yeah. Like. Just a bad situation. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll pl- put on a Britney playlist. Ooh. Um, yeah. And try and, you know, reminisce the good times. But now some of these songs, I now kind of feel like now I know her story and when she kind of wrote them and sang them. Mm. It puts a different spin on it. I can't actually look at her in a completely different light. I'm not saying, you know, as you were saying, back when she was shaving her head, I wasn't like, ha ha, look at her, what a joke. Like, I was definitely not thinking that. I was just like, is she okay? Like, she's clearly not well. Yeah. I mean, I hope, I can't really remember. I like, I hope I wasn't reacting like, ha ha. I don't know. To be honest, coming back to like media consumption and stuff, I do consume the pop culture and the media that people produce, like commercially, but I don't track like specific celebrities that much. Mm. Do you mean I'm not like, oh, what are they wearing? Or like, oh, where did they go? Or like, who did they eat with? And, you know, like, I actually only care about them as people in whatever media, like whatever show or TV or whatever they're in. Yeah. I was definitely, like, an avid consumer of Perez Hilton. Were you? Yeah. I just found it a bit too too much. I loved the gossip. Yeah. <laughs> I only like it if I find out that celebrities are friends with each other. <laughs> That's the only thing I like. I don't know why, but it makes me feel like, oh, it's like, oh, they're friends with the so-and-so and they're friends with so-and-so. It's like, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> but... But it's funny to... that we're only talking about female celebrities. Like, I think that the issues male celebrities had were never as uh, were never covered with the same level of like rabid interest. No, the there's definitely different expectations. 
Yeah. Except for Justin Bieber. (laughs) Yeah. And he was post all of these people, though. Yeah. So I feel like the Britneys of this world have created, like, was the kind of start of that crazy, crazy media. Yeah. I think celebrities have taken back a lot of control um, with social media. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of people like, you know, the Kardashians are definitely using it to their advantage. Yeah. I mean, they they made money of just being famous, didn't they? Because mm. I, I still don't know what they're famous for. <laughs> they're famous for a successful TV show, um, <laughs> several really good business decisions, and one sex tape. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And yeah, I st- yeah, I still don't get it. I still don't follow any of them. Um, I just can't. I unfollowed them like two years ago and I didn't miss it at all. Yeah. I, I just don't really think they ever... I think there's something about people doing things that are either unrelatable to me or have zero like artistic or aesthetic like inspiration makes me not want to follow them but it's just like selfies a celebrities like does not do anything for me yeah you sound like a gen zer uh dissing on millennial instagram culture but i i go i fluctuate i mean i don't think i ever got on the celebrity train in that like I never got on like the Perez. I mean, I only read gossip magazines when I'm waiting at the dentist's office. Yeah. And there's only people so and, you know, National Enquirer. Yeah. And you're like, some of this stuff is so random. Yeah. And you read and you're like, so-and-so ate a salad. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm a Gen Zer at heart. Who knows? Maybe I'll start a TikTok, Katie. Do you have a middle part? I currently do have a middle part. Oh my gosh, you are a Gen Zer. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like that's the biggest compliment ever because that means I'm not too old to listen to a lot of K-pop groups. <laughs> never too old, never too old. Never too old. Um, I hope you liked our chat about Britney. I'm sure there's more. If that you have any new found info or you're like... <gasps> I didn't know this happened. Drop us a line on Twitter Mm. and we can continue the conversation there. Yep. Speaking of conversation and Korean, um, I did not accomplish my goal of the week. Oh no, that's okay. Honestly, your life has been busy lately. It's okay. You didn't have time for one more thing. I honestly, I've decided I'll probably need to actually get physical workbooks to get through the language. I don't think I have enough motivation and when I do have motivation, I mean, this is coming back to my millennial self. I'd rather scroll. Yeah. There's something okay. very soothing about scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally bought into it. It's good if you're like us with our Instagram alder- algorithms. We're getting so much K-pop stuff. People are like, oh, doom scrolling is so bad. But we're not doom scrolling. We're like happy scrolling. <laughs> What's doom scrolling? I've never heard of this. Doom scrolling is when you're just like scrolling through reading like terrible things. Oh, right. Yeah, I've I can't even watch true crime, so I'm definitely insulating myself and 
joy scrolling if that may, if that's the opposite of doom yeah yeah it's good we manipulated our own algorithm so that we could joy scroll instead of doom scroll You're right we totally you know what we had a conversation about social media a few months ago i have to say my youtube algorithm recommended videos are spot on now good like i've watched enough stuff where i'm like oh, another kai video yes <laughs> Mine is like Yunmen. Yunmen. <laughs> is there still more? There's daily, daily stuff. Wow. I mean, because there's not even that much like new, new content. So I'm very impressed with army fans to be able to do that. Anyway, um, how have you been doing on your Italian journey? So I had two lessons this week, which I think was fine. Yeah, so there's that. Don't sound too enthused, Kitty. I mean, I have, I just have a mental block about this language. Mm. I, yeah. Maybe you should get into Italian music. I have found a few shows on Netflix that okay. I have added to my list. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, and I think, I mean, my family, my parents laughed when I told them that my in-laws were going to try to teach me because I don't. I don't respond well to family members trying to teach me things. <laughs> <laughs> you just have a natural aversion to it. I really do. And I always have. And my parents were like, ha ha ha, like, good luck. Like, um, I, I don't know what it is. It's probably because I'm like ungrateful and a horrible person. <laughs> if you know them, it's not the same. Yeah. I don't know. I, I prefer like having someone I don't know and only know as like a teacher capacity yeah. to teach me. So maybe I'm with you on that. I have a natural, plus you can wiggle out of doing things much easier. Yeah, you can. Because they're like, oh, you're like, oh, I'm too tired. It's like, are you too tired? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And I just, yeah, I don't want to act super ungrateful when they're doing this like lovely thing for me which is trying to teach me Italian like objectively I can see that that is so lovely and like such a lovely gesture but I also know myself and I know that I will be completely like an ungrateful snot about it and I well, don't want to give my in-laws that impression of me <laughs> my parents can know that side of me but not my in-laws at least you're very self-aware Katie yeah so what is your goal this week then? Should it not be Italian? So I'm not good at doing anything right now, but I did have this idea that this week I would start to try to learn R. Ooh. Okay. So for those of us who are not experts in data, what is R, Katie? <laughs> so R is an open source statistical analysis software package. I have, I mean, this is super specific. I have done my training in Stata. Um, other people might know like SAS or SPSS. Mm. Um, these are all different kind of statistical analysis softwares. And they all have like, like it's like a, the same process really, but slightly different coding languages. Um, but you have to pay for licenses to those types of programs. And R is open source. So anybody can use it um but we were not allowed to get it on our computers at work so it's not something that I ever 
have worked with before, but for most like data science jobs now, they want you to have R experience. Um, so I think I'm gonna try to get some R experience. I see. Well, what what kind of cool things can you do with R? Because I know you can do some pretty nifty things. I think it's pretty good at visualizations. Mm. Um, so I think it's a lot better. Like all the charts and stuff you make with data are really, really bad. And I think R is much better at that sort of thing. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, I guess if you think like regression analysis is cool, then <laughs> R is super cool. Did you hear that, listeners? <laughs> Some super cool things coming your way. Okay, for me, I think this week I am going to endeavor to clean the house. Ooh. Because I spend the week weekend um, tidying. I've sorted a lot of paperwork and mm. thrown stuff out. Step I one. Think, yeah, tidying and cleaning are two different things and doing them both on the same... I'll just never get around to the whole house at this rate otherwise. So because in Chinese New Year tradition, in theory, you're supposed to deep clean before Chinese New Year, which being a bad Chinese person, I did not. <laughs> um, and once Chinese New Year is here, you can't clean until the second day of the new lunar year. Okay. Because you don't want to sweep away the good luck Okay. So it is well past the second day of the new year. So I can now clean the house. <laughs> so that is my goal. I know, very, very small one, but I'm just trying to ease myself back into, yeah, goals. Because obviously this Korean lesson thing didn't work out. And yeah. I think it gets to a point where I'm like, I can only add so many things to my day and yeah. yes do i spend most of it watching my korean dramas when i'm chilling yeah but do i want to replace that with something else not really you're allowed yeah exactly but now i've already started another one i am now watching the startup Ooh, it is great if you like a, a korean grandmother <gasps> Ooh. yeah i did not think that a Korean grandmother was integral to the storyline, but it is, and therefore 100% worth watching. Okay. And bring tissues. Okay. So I have to say. I mean, I that. just wept uncontrollably during the Uncount Encounter. <laughs> oh my God. There was some, I mean, towards the end, especially. Ugh. So much weeping. So much weeping. The Koreans do it so well, Katie. So good. So good. <laughs> they bring the emotion to shows yeah. in a way that no one else is able to capture. It's really good. Mickey was yelling at me, like, why are you crying? Why do you watch these things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still, I think it's more emotional cry than cathartic cry, but it's still nice. Yeah. As long as it's not like super tragic. No. Then it's not nice. It was just like gentle weeping. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prime of Our Lives. We'll be back soon with a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. 
To keep the conversation going, do follow us on Twitter at Prime Lives Pod.